Pioneers of soul music this week on the Friday Soul Party. Alan Toussaint right there with Everything I Do Gonna Be Funky. The Meters with Sissy Strutt, a couple of New Orleans legends, and Isley Brothers starting us off there. Listen to the music. We've got some more music coming up. I'm going to play a couple of funk tunes, and then I'm heading out of here. Stick around for Radioactive at 6 o'clock. Hope you have a safe weekend. Here's Parliament's Up for the Downstroke here on this week's Friday Soul Party.
KRCL, 90.9 FM, HD1 in Salt Lake City, Ogden, and Provo. 96.7 FM in Park City, on the web at krcl.org. Listener-supported community radio. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. Homegrown's all right with me. Homegrown is the way it should be. Homegrown is a good thing. Plant that bell and let it ring. I'm Aldon KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer. It's Punk Rock Farmer Friday edition of Radioactive, and Laura Jones is with me, as always. I'm looking out the window. Is it trying to rain out there? I hope it does. <laughs> How's your garden growing, man? Gra- garden's growing good. Uh, yeah. Tomatoes have stalled a little, a little bit, bit as far as growing high, but there's some fruit there now that I can see. It's just got to get ripe. I got a couple yellow ones, and I was thinking they're golden delicious, but they're not. I forgot already what I planted. I'm just hoping <laughs> that it comes to fruition. You have to make a little I book. I have a list somewhere. <laughs> I had like six pickles I pulled out of the garden this morning. You're ahead of me on that one. They're spiny cucumbers, I know. They'll be pickles once I pickle them. <laughs> they're called National OG Pickling something or other, so I'm calling them pickles. They're good. What's it's, on the show? So, uh, you know, we have exciting stuff tonight. We have River Bottom Michael from River Bottom Butterfly. And we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, they're all kind of endangered in a way. And so we'll find out a little bit more about that. Jim Denovan is with us. And Jim Denovan is an international artist. He does land art, um, temporary. It comes Mm -hmm. and goes. And uh, he's very gentle about it, as he explains. We've Zoomed with him earlier today. Uh, Outstanding in the field is another one of his things, and uh, he's doing one here next week at Red Acre Farm. So Down in Cedar City. And Sarah's going to join us by Zoom to tell us a, a bit about that, as well as a live What's Fresh. What's Fresh. Okay, we got Skywatcher Leo T. Dave John is here as well from Living the Circle of Life. There's a powwow this weekend. And oh, so much more. But let's start where we always do with fresh and homegrown music. Going over to Studio 3B, or I, I don't know, I keep changing the numbers and the letters out. <laughs> but Sullivan Petchenpang has set up our band today. Sky Olson was in, I don't know how long ago, with a single that uh, has been doing pretty well. And he brought the whole band out. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing really good. Let's, uh, tell us who we got here today, Sky. So I brought my band with me this time. Uh, we have Rudy Cord on saxophone, Alex Pope on bass, Lane Reinecker on drums, and Fish on guitar. We got the full thing today, so we're ready to play. We're Very excited. good. The first song is called Oxygen. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so Oxygen for me is sort of about um, power structures and and stuff like that. And um, uh, the song recently just crossed 100,000 streams on Spotify, so it seems to be resonating with people. That's Wow, that's really great. Awesome stuff. Sky Olson uh, with the full band here, Fresh and Homegrown, KRCL, 90.9 FM with Oxygen. Shame. 
to my band. On saxophone, we have Rudy Cord. On the bass, we have Alex Pope. On the guitar, we have Fish. And on the drums, we have Lane Reinecker. My name is Skiles, and thank you guys so much for listening in. It's all unfair, but no we care. There's more of us than them out there. It's all unfair, but no we care. There's more of us than them out there. It's all unfair, but no we care. There's more of us than them out there. It's all unfair, but no we care. There's more of us than The need for food goes up in our community as donations drop. During the summer months, Crossroads Urban Center's July food drive is underway and needs peanut butter, cereal, canned fruit, individual snacks, canned tomatoes, and more. For details, visit CrossroadsUrbanCenter.org. Recently on Radioactive. 
many cultures, one sky on Skywatcher Leo T as we look up, look around, get a little bit lost in space with NASA's James Webb Telescope, Golden Surfer. This is finely tuned beyond the orbit of the moon to provide incredibly clear images of the solar system, the Milky Way, and other galaxies, and as well as other star systems. The telescope is almost three times larger than the vaunted Hubble and seven times more powerful in its ability to discern faint stars and galaxies at the edge of time. And let's do a little space exploration of our own. Perseid meteors are fragments from the comet Swift-Tuttle. The Earth orbits the comet's path every August, and fragments of the comet shoot across the Earth's atmosphere, creating an ethereal engagement between space and Earth. You might catch some earlier from all directions, but midnight to dawn is the best time. The later the better, and you increase your chances of seeing them by being in an open, dark space, the mountains or desert. Take your favorite lawn chair out and look to the northeast toward Cassiopeia and Perseus. Enjoy the night sky into the wee hours. The Pleiades star cluster will come up and enhance the green streaks across the sky in the mornings of 11th of August and 12th for peak viewing. From Singita, the African sky, it's many cultures, one sky. On a clear night, a glance up to the heavens in the African bush stirs something inside all of us. Whether old or young, there is an attraction to the great mysteries of the moon, planets, and stars. It seems as old as time. The celestial bodies mean different things to different people or groups of people. Some of these feelings are written, but most are not. Some of the stories in Africa surround the Southern Cross and its pointer stars. In many African myths, the Southern Cross represents the journey of giraffes in the sky. In many others, the stars represent lions, usually Alpha and Beta Centauri were the males of the species, and Alpha, Beta, and Gamma Crucis were the females. This is a beautiful, sparkly treasure to view. If you ever get the chance, I'd sure like to, along with the glow of the Milky Way in the open sky above, maybe on a boat or a ship out on the ocean. Mm. And on January 31st, 1971, Alan Shepard, NASA's first human astronaut in space in 1961, returned to space in a big way as he piloted Apollo 14 to the moon. He greatly enjoyed this, and amongst many exciting experiments, he, he took a makeshift portable golf club and gave it a good swing. The ball was estimated to have risen for 70 seconds and traveled for 2.5 miles. Keep looking up, look around, and get a little bit lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T on Radioactive with Laura Jones and Al Dye, the punk rock farmer on KRCL. Oh, thanks for the shout out there, Skywatcher yeah. Leo T. A classic episode. And by the way, his star party he's planning out at the Stansbury Park Observatory Complex is set for August 6th. It's a Saturday. Probably going to head on out there around 6 myself. Um, we'll have more details when he comes in next week to do a live Skywatcher Leo T. Very good. Time. I want to find out a little bit more yeah. about that. I'm excited to go too. Joining us on Zoom for an event update, we have Sarah Patterson from Red Acre Farm down in Cedar City. Hi, Sarah. Hello. Uh, it's good to it's good to talk to you. We can't see you, but we're talk. It's good enough for what we need to do. Sarah, there's a huge event coming to the farm next Saturday. Um, we have Jim Denovan on tonight, and we Zoomed with him earlier. But fill us in a little bit more because he's actually come before and done it at the farm. And, and I didn't know this, but in 2018, Jim came and Outstanding in the Field happened once before at Red Acre. Tell us a little bit about it. Yes. Well, I think it's magical. They like show up, they set up this amazing event and then the next day you don't even know that they've been there. So it's like, you know, it's like you 
gone, you know, like it's, it's a magical experience. (laughs) (laughs) I leave no trace except wonderful memories. Um, but I also think it's a really neat thing because if you look at his rollout of farms that he has been to and is going to, most of them are like bigger or in, you know, more prominent areas or areas that you definitely, you know, travel to in your life. And we're in Southern Utah, which I think it's really awesome that he has chosen to come to this rural town and support um, our, you know, our farm and our chefs and the people who are trying to make local happen in a rural area, which to me is really awesome that he would come to a venue like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so he, he's, a, he's a pioneer farm-to-table guy. He was doing farm-to-table stuff in 1999 before the phrase even was on the tips of everyone's tongue and stuff. And he's been a big inspiration to you, too, and what you guys do at the farm, hasn't he? he? Yeah, so for sure. So um, my dad was an artist, and I remember reading, because we lived in California, newspaper clippings about Jim doing his land art, you know, and then we got his cookbook, his Outstanding in the Field cookbook, which I think I've made almost everything in that (laughs) um, cookbook, and um, my aunt gave it to me, and then when we had the farm, my mom emailed Outstanding in the Field and said, you should come to our farm and do a dinner. And I don't think we knew really who he was or where he went to. And they kindly, I don't even know if they answered, but they kindly <laughs> said, yeah, right. Um, and then um, and and then we're like, well, if he's not going to come, we're going to do it ourselves. Because he was really the only person that, he's the one who started the Farm to Fork movement. Like he was, he was a chef in Santa Cruz and he was like, why don't we bring the table to the farm? Like we're bringing all this food into the restaurants from the farm, but what we need to bring it to the farm. And that's what he did. And he definitely was the one who started that movement. And now you hear it all the time. You see farm to fork dinners all the time. Farmers you drink. It's really amazing what's happened, but it's because of this man that really has sacrificed to make it what it is today. So we started doing a farm to fork dinner completely copied after outstanding <laughs> in the field. And then when they came to our farm, it was like a dream come true. And I can't believe they're coming back. <laughs> so cool. And you guys met him when quite a few years back at eco farm too, right? Yeah. Um, it was why I actually decided to go to eco farm. Eco farm's great. But when what I is it? saw that, So it's a farm conference that they hold in um, California, in Monterey. They hold it every year. It's been going for years and years. But there's a bus tour. um, Amigo Bob used to run it. And um, Jim has catered the bus tour for Eco Farm for I don't know how many years. One time he did it. He swore off driving cars. And he drove his bike from Santa Cruz to Monterey catering on two bikes um and catered like for 40 people for the bus tour and now there's a few hundred so he always does the food and the first time my mom was reading you know we were reading jim Denneman does the food for this bus tour and i'm like i'm going i don't care if i see any farms i'm just going for lunch <laughs> funny so, so and the tickets are not exactly like cheap to go to his dinners 
And I think the bus tour was like $60. So I was like, are you kidding me? I can see farms and have lunch. <laughs> so, so the event itself, there are some tickets still available. Tell us the details yes. of when and where it's happening and that kind of stuff. So it's at Redacre Farm. It's July 30th, which is next Saturday. Oh, my goodness. Um, and then the tickets are sold throughout Standing in the Fields website. And um, Chef Sean will be the chef. There will also be um, some other wonderful chefs coming from up north. We're bringing a bunch of um, food from all across the state because you guys have heard me come on here about Red Acre Center as well. And we don't want it to just be about Red Acre Farm. We want, you know, Utah represented at this table from chefs to um, spirits to the wine to the cheese we want everyone to be um, featured at this table on our farm which is kind of important to me to not just have it be just red acre you know awesome will you tell us uh, what's fresh at the farm and what might be on the menu because um, it's fresh um, what's what's fresh right now yes well what's fresh of course there's summer squash coming out everyone's ears um, cucumbers are just starting to come on. I don't know about you, Al, but I have had a hard cucumber season. One of our batches of cucumbers didn't even come up. A hundred mm -hmm. plants didn't even get one to sprout. Oh. We've had a hard cucumber year. Um, and then one of our flats that we thought was cucumbers, we found out was all um, loofahs, which is exciting. <laughs> but <laughs> um, We have a lot of loofahs now instead of cucumbers, but which makes our cucumbers even worse. Um, tomatoes are just starting to come on. It's, you know, this is the time of year where everything starts looking good. We're hoping that we get some rain, which it shows in the forecast next week. We're going to have a ton of rain. So if we get rain, I think everything's going to start popping here in a minute. Very good. You know? Very good. What's so. the website, Sarah, where people can check it all out? I think it's outstanding in the field. No, yours. No. Yours. Oh, mine. <laughs> <laughs> Because you got breakfast on the farm. You've got all sorts of things all summer yes, long. We have so many things all summer long, and I'll be coming down and playing later. Um, so our website is um, redacrefarmcsa.org. <laughs> Sarah, thanks so much. Um, Instagram's another great one, too. So okay. you can follow us we'll link it up in the show right, notes tonight, you. folks. Our best to you, your mom, and all the goats. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> see ya. We'll see ya. Sarah Patterson, Red Acre Center. Now joining us in the studio, we have Dave John in here from Living the Circle of Life, co-host with Valene MC on Sunday, 7 to 10 a.m. Because there are powwows this 24th of July weekend. We wanted to shout out to everybody. Yeah, like, well, excuse me. Yeah, like with everything else, uh, everything switches to the 23rd if the yeah. 24th falls on a Sunday. Right. Right. So there's always at the end of the parade tomorrow, which starts at nine, everybody downtown Salt Lake winds its way to Liberty Park. There's usually a powwow there. And then you're organizing one is is it South Jordan? Yeah, it's uh, put on by uh, Native American events. Uh, it's uh, down in South Jordan, uh, about one ten double zero off of Redwood Road. Uh, it's going to be the seventh annual. And yeah, so we invite everybody to come down. Uh, we're going to have two sessions, which is uh, the first one's going to be at noontime. And then the next one, uh, the second session will be at 6 p.m. Uh, also, this year, we're going to have gourd dancing. What's that? 
Uh, it's more kind of like another type of dance and singing. So it's kind of like a separate group where you have a head gourd man that kind of leads it. Uh, you have a drum kind of like in the center. And so, yeah, they go through their little, um, I guess, like little sessions and stuff. So You kind of got some rock stars coming in. I'm looking at your flyer for the host drum and, and other things, right? Oh, oh, yeah. For the host drum, we have uh, Iron Colt. Uh, they're out of Red Mesa, and these are some young kids that uh, sung, I guess, pretty much ever since yeah. they were little, and they've become pretty good, so it's pretty nice to have them come sing and be our head uh, drum. And then the gourd dance drum. Yeah, that one, uh, th well, Brian Jensen's going to be our head gourd man, and so, and then the one, the gourd dance drum will be Southern Soul uh, out of Kienta, Utah. Or people would call it K-Town. K-Town. <laughs> All right. So does it cost anything to get in and uh, watch? Uh, this one's uh, free to the public. So, yeah, you just need to find a parking spot, then just walk on to the park. Look like the park got a, a facelift, so yeah. it's a little bit different from what we're used to. The pavilion, we used to have the Navajo tacos and stuff. It seemed like it got bigger, but, yeah, so we'll see how we do the layout on that also. But there's still Navajo tacos, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, because majority <laughs> of the people cooking are Navajo, so I guess you could use the right word for that. <laughs> so this is Saturday, tomorrow at South Jordan City Park, uh, 11,000 South Redwood Road, South Jordan. We'll put links in the show notes. And then what's the plan for your Sunday show with you and Valine? Uh, well, it's my week this week, so going solo. But, yeah, she's been sending me a few kind of things to announce, uh, community events and stuff, so... And I guess I do the same with her, too, because yeah. when we see something, yeah, we'll just make sure. Uh, I guess we kind of get it on the air. So, yeah, so if uh, people have um, events or anything happening in the Native community, yeah, let us know, and we can probably announce it. Because we noticed there's a lot of uh, Navajo taco sales on <laughs> Saturday and Sunday. So Well, actually, there is one on Sunday for the Carry the Water Indigenous Healing Garden it's a community build and Navajo taco sale fundraiser. Yeah, with uh, uh, Dene. Dene Shandine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you can find those details at rallies and resources on krcl.org. Thanks, Dave John. All right. Thanks for Thanks, having buddy. me. Be sure mm -hmm. to tune in Living the Circle of Life Sundays from uh, 7 to 10 a.m. And now we were going to talk butterflies, Aldine. Yes. Michael Bautner is with us. Um, how are you doing, buddy? We doing. met just recently. And we were at over at the um, Harriman Farmers Market. That's right. And the first week, you had a little small tent that the kids could get inside and just stand inside this little. It's big enough just for the a uh, you know four foot tall kid to stand in, mm -hmm. and the butterflies are all flying around in there. And, you, and it, boy, it looked like they were. It totally looks like they're enjoying it. Like they really have some fun with it. It's good Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely, yes. And what I, what I kind of want to start with is. You know, we all hear about monarchs and how they're endangered, but yeah, CNN just the other day had an article on, on another one. Last year was a good year, I heard, but but now they're they're talking endangerment bad again. But it's not just monarchs; it's it's like all butterflies because the the environment and and the uh, their habitat is going away or gone away, right? That's right. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, and it's not just butterflies, it's it's all flying insects and there's been a lot of reports that have just confirmed earlier findings that 
insect populations globally are dropping slowly, but about 2.5% per year, which amounts in compounds to almost 38% per decade. That's fast. And uh, it's really fast. Mm -hmm. And people tell me when they come to our butterfly booths or come and see and they say, man, I used to see monarchs all the time. They used to be everywhere. And I'll show them, oh, yeah, we got the chrysalis. And kids don't know what chrysalis look like anymore for them for anything, but especially the monarchs, which are so iconic. You showed me, and I'm old, but you showed me <laughs> one, and I, I knew what it was because I've seen them when I was mm -hmm. a kid. I used, you used to see them at least more often than not, Yeah, yeah. for sure. I was, in, I was on a trip with my dad, uh, uh, oh, I don't know, right before I got here, I think at Carousel, and there was a butterfly exhibit in London. They put up this huge pavilion and filled it with butterflies, but the most beautiful thing were the chrysalis. And they just look like jewels hanging on oh, ledges. They're, they're absolutely gorgeous to look at. And we were looking at the one, and you had it right there. And when you have it in your hand, it looks like a piece of jade. And oh, it yeah. has gold inlays on That's it, right. the monarch ones. And it's just fascinating uh, at how this such cool little jewel that looks like it could be on a ring is really going to turn into a butterfly soon yeah. no we want to do earrings with those so. right, right? <laughs> <laughs> if they didn't hatch yeah that'd be great but so um tell us a little bit about river bottom butterflies and how you guys are helping to bring a native back because in the wild you told me only about two percent of the butterflies actually fly away and go to or survive yeah but with the kits that you guys have more about 80 percent survive so let's talk about that let's because it's good stuff yeah yeah so here's here's kind of the the super fast version of the life cycle of a butterfly it's going to hatch on a leaf it's going to grow takes a couple of weeks form its chrysalis and then the females once they emerge and mature they're going to lay two to three hundred eggs and most female butterflies only live one to two weeks max. And they'll lay all those eggs during that lifetime, but only 2% of them will survive, whether their host plant dries up or it, a uh, spider gets it, a bird gets it, something, you know, predation. And so it's totally natural that such few survive, but you really get an appreciation for the, the survival of the fittest. Really, the butterflies that you see are the champions, and they've overcome a lot. Mm -hmm. By the time you get, by the time you get there, and and you said like uh, just because of development and stuff, that's why the habitat goes away, and it's also because folks in even counties and cities are have a wage a war on invasive plants that are the host plant. Yes, yeah. So so butterflies can really thrive with two things. They need nectar. That's their food source. And so, you know, flowers, those are everywhere. That's easy for them to find, easy mm -hmm. enough. But they need a host plant in order to lay their eggs. And the, the, the butterfly can be so happy with all of these flowers, drinking nectar, but if it has nowhere to lay its eggs, then it's not going to have 2% survival. You're going to have 0% survival. <sighs> So what can folks do? How can they uh, how can they talk to you and Yeah, where do I get the plant that I need to plant? Yeah, that yeah. and and the kits too. Let's talk about it. Yeah, so so River Bottom Butterflies, our goal is to help connect people with butterflies. And we have a couple different things to do that, but one of our most fun and interactive ways to do that is with our kits, where you can get a little batch of five to ten baby caterpillars. And you can watch them grow from just little tiny grubs as, as little as a quarter of an inch or smaller, growing all the way in some cases two, two and a half inches big. The caterpillars get big. You're just amazed 
that they they get almost a thousand times bigger from the size of when they hatch uh-huh. to when they emerge. And so some of our kits come with a cup of food. It's super easy. Some of our kits come with a host plant. Mm -hmm. So the host plant is the plant that the caterpillar eats in order to grow. So sometimes it's a cabbage plant. Sometimes it's a milkweed plant, which is what the monarchs need. And so there's a variety of different plants that people can plant in their yard to attract wild species of butterflies and have another another reason for them to come by and visit besides just flowers. And it lets them lay their eggs and kind of continue the cycle of butterflies what's the what's the the smaller one that kind of looks like a monarch kind of Mm -hmm. has the same colors but not the same markings but this is a native to utah butterfly yeah so uh this is a painted lady butterfly that you're thinking of we have kits and that's kind of how river bottom got started several years ago we were we decided to do kits and we were getting all these kits ready for these schools in early 2020 and then all of a sudden COVID hit and all the schools canceled. Yep. Um, but my my brother who started the company, his wife shared this little post on Instagram and all these moms were homeschooling. So it almost went viral where people could raise these painted lady butterflies as a homeschool project. So that's kind of how we, we got started. Um, but these painted ladies are native and they are copying the colors of the monarchs because monarchs taste bad. So that's kind of their natural defense mechanism to, to uh, copy They are wily. Uh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Good it. stuff. Tell us, tell folks where they can find you. Where because because people release these too. Um, that's right. There's there's you know at events and like funerals birthdays, and birthdays and stuff. Weddings, yep. And what a cool thing to release something that's living and alive. Plus, it's going to bolster the population of these guys that are endangered. That's right. So tell us tell us where the folks can get in. Yeah, the easiest ways are going to be contacting us on riverbottombutterflies.com. We have a great Instagram, uh, just riverbottombutterflies on Instagram. And then another thing you can do is find one of our farmer's markets that we're at. We're at downtown farmer's market every Saturday, daybreak farmer's market every Saturday. We're at Harriman. There's a couple other markets and events that you'll find us throughout the year. Usually you'll see butterflies flying around in that little container you were talking uh-huh. about earlier. There might uh-huh. be a kid in there. Sometimes we have a full 10-foot flight house, which you saw last I, week. Last week you brought you the go, big tent. It was you, cool. The big tent's always fun. Uh-huh. You come in, you got to uh-huh. hold the butter, you know, see if they might land on your finger. Yep. Put, but flowers everywhere. The kids were all jazzed. They were like, oh, what landed on my finger? Oh, yeah. That's that's my favorite part about <laughs> I this. I think I was jazzed. I was. Pretty, it was it's really cool. Oh, it's sometimes really cool. it's for the kids, but sometimes I can tell when the, when the, when the adults' <laughs> eyes just light up. It's for the adults. Too sometimes. Thank you so much, yeah. Michael, for shedding some light on this. And you know, it's not just the monarchs that are endangered; it's it's all insects and and nat- and our native butterflies too. Yeah. Butterflies yeah. are prettier; they're a lot easier to to love, and so that's what we can do to help them. Well, thanks for coming in. I got to talk to you because I have a gift certificate that I got, <laughs> and I need to pick that up maybe tomorrow at the farmers market. Right. We appreciate it. Check the show notes tonight for links to River Bottom Butterflies. We're going back to our band Sky Olson's in the studio with his full band. Al, what's this song? Yes, Sky, tell us a little bit about the next song, Broken the Machine, Broken Time Machine. Yeah. <clears throat> so this next song is called Broken Time Machine. It, um, I. Uh, Entered in, uh, it, I entered it into a few contests um, throughout this year, and it's actually won a few. So it was a semifinalist in the international songwriting competition, and then um, it was. It's also actually won the John Lennon songwriting contest love song competition. Um, it's going to be competing still for the yearly John Lennon songwriting contest um, cool. finalist. But uh, yeah, this song is called Broken Time Machine. It's about kind of letting go of the past, moving on, looking forward. So. 
Congratulations, Sky Olson, with the full band, Broken Time Machine, fresh and homegrown, right here on KRCL 90.9 FM. Just bought a broken time machine I don't know what I'd do with this thing I hope it's got a warranty They said I could go back in time Back to a moment when I could call you mine And everything was alright Those feelings to last. It's three in the morning. I'm pacing around my room, writing my 188 something. Well, I'm tired of singing that. It's true. This one's for someone new. This one's for someone new. To return my broken time machine I think I got scared But honestly That was on me Was the grass even all that Rose-colored glasses are a kind of a thing How could you see out of these? stuck in the past Cause I just want those feelings to last It's three in the morning I'm pacing around my room Writing my 188 something Well I'm tired of singing that It's true This was for someone Someone comes along and breaks my heart all over again. This time I'll be twice as strong.
Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru, a community partner of YWCA Utah and the Stand Against Racism Challenge. Mark Miller Subaru loves diversity. Learn more at ywcautah.org and markmillersubaru.com. This is Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones, Aldine Strict Night KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer here for Punk Rock Farmer Friday time for the Urban Farm Report. Exciting. Jim Denovan, um, he's here next week in Utah. He's all over the world making these crazy installments of art. Um, great interview. We got to talk to him this afternoon. Jim Denovan. On KRCL. Aldine, it's time for the Urban Farm Report. Who do we have on tap tonight in the Zoom room? We have Jim Denovan with us, and he's an international artist. Um, he's, I'm going to call it earth art. I've seen temporary land art. I kind of like earth art a little bit like better. Like the spiral jetty? Is that kind of like the spiral jetty, and there's some fas- fascination there that we'll talk about. But um, Jim, why don't you, thanks for coming on, first of all. Thank you. Sure. Great. Great to be here and soon to be there. <laughs> and so uh, explain to folks just the the scale of what you do as far as your the art part of your deal. Uh, I do artwork that's as big as uh, a large city. So let's say Salt Lake is probably so, uh, the largest artwork I've done is about that size. But but it's all it's all ephemeral. It all um, it all disappears with the weather. So although it seems a little crazy or bombastic to, to say that I do artwork that's as big as a city, you know, it's like a little, little much. The fact that, it, um, you know, it goes away with the weather. So like, for instance, the Salt Lake has, has there's a, you know, the, the, the water's really low uh, right now. And so there's drawable surfaces that are actually like a few miles across. Right. But um but more typically, I draw in the sand at the beach. That's that's my usual medium, is sand. And you just so sand. We're talking sand. Um, I got a few sneak pictures of Saudi Arabia, and you were just there, and mm. there was an incredible installation in the sand that almost mm. looked holographic, even when you look at it from far away. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, Tell this is more sculpt- sculptural. So this it's actually just like I do on the beach with uh, I draw with a stick and, uh, you know, or a rake and then the tide comes in. But in this case, um, the center of the circles that I made were piled with sand. So so there's 400 uh, piles of sand They're They're all in ratios. And then the intention was that the artwork um, would change over time in that the, the piles of sand, um, when they're placed on the ground, they're 45 degrees when the, when the sand's wet, and then they, they become 34 degrees over a period of months, uh, and then they, then they blow away. So it's like an, it's an artwork that's intended to uh, evolve over time. Evolve and then disappear, impermanence, and yes, the organic so, nature being the point. Yeah, all of the artwork... At, all the artwork that I've d- ever done is has disappeared or is transforming into disappearing. So, a little bit different than the approach of most artists who want that piece to last forever. <laughs> its value to increase. <laughs> yeah, well, well, there's a you know with uh, with very large. I mean, it t- it takes off the edge. I mean, if if it was so big and it stuck around, it would be annoying and. <laughs> a bomb. It's hard to hard to transport, and and so uh, 
convenient. Yeah, so I can just yeah, and also I can try something new the next day when it uh, washes away. So well, you're not it's, permanently changing the landscape. No, not uh, it at all. Like an it's evolution actually, from Smithson and his crew to more respect for nature as well. Yeah, it's it's, it's profoundly gentle. In that, yes, it's uh, it's just it's it's there. So I mean, if there's several days of nice weather, then it lasts longer. But of course. Um, anything that's a dry lake, you know, a dry lake implies that sometimes it's, you know, a wet lake. Um, and uh, at the beach, you know, with the tides, it's, yeah, it's all it was. It's always, and it's yeah, it's always going to be changing. And it's more to me to do. I, you know, land art is typically or earthworks is what it's called. So yeah, there has been a history in the '70s of something, of things like Michael Heiser or, or Robert Smithson where things, you know, last longer. But even even those um, interventions in the landscape, you know, like spiral jetty, those, I mean, it looks quite a bit different than the day that he dumped the rocks out there, you know. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, yeah. So, so the Great Salt Lake is very low right now, and the and the spiral jetty is just out there, stark in the it's in the sand. The the water is totally receded far away. Yeah. And I know you have a fascination a little bit with the spiral jetty, and there may be something in the works. There may be something that you're going to do there. Yeah, I want, I want to. I want to uh, scratch the ground. You know, uh, <laughs> near not not at spiral jetty itself. It's kind of a. <laughs> I, I don't intend to do any kind of. Um, I don't. <laughs> it's gentle, right? <laughs> yeah, it's gentle. So it, it's funny because it's like you know you could consider it like temporary graffiti in a sense if it's on a, it's on a dry lake. It's it's very present that kind of composition from from an aerial perspective, you know, for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, and then it disappears. Um, so I'm not I'm I'm not gonna you know ride on the ground next to Spiral Jetty. Spiral <laughs> Jetty sucks, or you know, <laughs> Kilroy was here, or even or even you know Spiral Jetty rules or anything like that. I'm actually I'm thinking about drawing something on the on the surface of the dry lake. But actually, a few miles away. <laughs> but uh -huh. uh, but beyond that, I actually and I, I do want to do one of our outstanding the field events, it, potentially like in the parking lot there, or something. <laughs> so the spot is so revered. I, I don't feel comfortable, you know. I don't feel comfortable um, making a mess of it. I'd rather, you know, it's so beautiful. It's so, I have to say for someone who my, my, I do artwork on the land and you know the category of, of land art and earthworks and the spiral jetty is actually from my perspective it's placed really beautifully um mm -hmm. if you walk up the hill behind it how it fits in the landscape how when you look across the lake it's just um it is actually genuinely in context wise it's just very it's very beautiful in the site you know it, yeah. so you you talked about you said outstanding in the field and when you were yes. just talking about composition really and how maybe you would do you'd be in the parking lot and uh, spiral jetty would be part of the composition where you would put the table yes. so explain to folks what outstanding in the field is because i'm sure a lot of our listeners have no idea yeah no idea at all so yeah i have two careers simultaneous that take up just as much time and one yes outstanding in the field is somewhat related to earthworks or or out artwork in the outdoors, but it's a dinner that uh, is, takes place where all the ingredients come from the site, and we have the people present. Typically, it's a farm, but it can be in, on along the ocean. The fishermen's there, 
or maybe it's on a high promontory and we have the uh, the people having to do with food from the whole region and they're at the table and we celebrate a meal and celebrate place and i get i get a bit obsessive with the with the placement of the table in the environment and how it um you know that uh, so we can do storytelling about place that's and that's what outstanding the field is about we've been doing it for more than 20 years and have been to all 50 states and and now 21 countries um 1200 events probably and in each season we'll have as many as uh, uh we had 19,000 people at the table in and uh 2019 easy to remember <laughs> and that's it, 100, 100 more than 100 events so the event we're going to be doing in Utah is going to have, you know, maybe it'll have, <laughs> we'll probably have about a hundred people at the table, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. and what's, what's your affinity with Utah? You do these things all around the world and with big tables, sometimes you do two nights. I mean, this is rural Utah. You've been here twice. This will be your second time here. You, this is, this is Southern rural Utah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah and Cimbria, you know, the first who have been, who I've known for quite a few years, and they they came out to the Eco Farm Conference where I've pre- presented the lunch for many years, and they're they're super fun and enthusiastic, and uh, you know, we, we we managed to come out to their place uh, at Red Acre, and then and then there was this when we were done, it was fantastic. Had, everybody had a great time. It was sort of like it's like Jim, you'll you'll probably never come back, <laughs> but. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of funny at the time because the the events are not about like, um, you know, let's put a let's put a table next to the biggest city around and yeah, we do that because that makes it so we can get to a place like Red Acre. You know, it's like the tour is adventurous and fun and interesting, and people can choose to go to anywhere in the country and around the world, and they're not always going to be yeah. I I want the tour the 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 outstanding the field farm dinner tour to uh to go all kinds of different places and, and there's many many regulars they'll go to any they'll go to places all around the world just because oh it's on the schedule let's let's we've never been to that part of utah let's let's have make a trip of it kind of thing so it's at red acre farm with sarah patterson her mom Simbria from Red Acre Center, Saturday, July 30th at 4 p.m. And you, you're you going to put the tables right in the middle of this farm that's right in Cedar City. Uh, it's a high desert location, 6,000 feet elevation, an hour from Zion National Park. And w- there's that, that storytelling you can tell by how you set the table. Then there's the ingredients from the farm. What do you, uh, what can folks expect for this uh, edition of Outstanding in the Field? Um, it is a gorgeous site. It's, it's, um, it's cute. <laughs> it's charming. <laughs> there's goats. <laughs> it's it's kind of got it all, you know, there's, there's lots, there's lots to see that's very close to the table. That's kind of fun to, uh, have the vegetables, you know, right there. And, uh, Sarah and Simbri are super charming. And first thing came to mind is that, you know, the weather, you're like, what, what is the weather going to be like that day? Is it going to be a hot day? Where we're going to have umbrellas and is it going to, are we going to look for the shade? Are we going to? Is it going to be a breeze? We need to be behind the trees. Um, is there a forecast of rain? Are we going to have tenting? So I wanted to be a weatherman when I was a kid. So these sort of like the 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 surprises that might happen with the weather. Other people might think, oh, that's that's a little much. But to me, that's the part of the fun. Part of, yeah. uh, we saw some uh, thunderstorms last time, you know, in the distance um, while the dinner was taking place. 
That's kind of fun to watch roll across the valley while you're sitting there. Yeah, super beautiful. And um, I mean, the atmosphere was um, particularly beautiful that that day. And, you know, we always have a plan B. I get to have my I get to have fun with the weather forecasting and think about what to do. So the the weather and just the day that it is is part of the composition and can change your ideas about what you're going to do that day. And obviously some of the things you'll have to set up and and be prepared for. But uh, it's kind of on the fly, isn't it? It's pretty much on the fly. It is on the fly. We have an event in, tomorrow in um, in Idaho and the staff actually just I'm going to be out there in Utah, but the staff actually just. I'm in California right now, but they called me and said, you know, it's really windy here and you know, it's in a wheat, wheat field. I mean, potentially wheat field. There's actually trees to hide, to not hide, but you know, in case it's windy to be behind. But but the forecast for tomorrow is that it's not going to be windy and it's actually a little cooler. And I have to, so I have to reassure everyone, we're going to be out there right in the wheat field, you know, this incredible farm that has all these unusual varieties of wheat and organically grown and and it's uh the whole family story is going to be there about how the family's uh, moving towards different farming practices and it's just super interesting super cool spot and it's and it's not gonna i had to reassure them it's not it's not gonna be windy like today <laughs> tomorrow's nice so it so uh, a little bit more about the the actual like outstanding in the field um you bring chefs with you and you but you feature a local chef also and i know chef sean foster is going to be involved in it and um and you're going to use only things that came from the farm uh for the most part and you know primarily from the farm but also from the surrounding region Uh uh so there'll be yeah there'll be items that i mean the the theme is that the chef and sean Sean is uh, he's done it before so he knows the knows the drill is to uh yeah, come to the farm before the events and, you know, write a menu from what is available right, th- you know, right there and there. So, Jim, yeah, been, this is this is farm to table stuff, but this is table to farm. And yeah. you've been doing it before as farm to table was a phrase that was on the tip of everyone's tongue. Yeah, since 1999, I mean, I like this, you know, we <laughs> We were on the on the bleeding edge instead of the you know like we didn't have we had we had almost no customers you know in the beginning I actually had family and friends pretend to be guests you know my my <laughs> brother's farm was the second farm we ever went to and uh, I can remember you know lots of <laughs> lots of my family were there <laughs> making you know making the table a little long. I'm from a big family so I wanted I, I wanted a, the I wanted the photo of the table and which happened to be the apples. Uh, hundred-year-old apple trees to be uh, that the table looks substantial enough to encourage uh, you know like a third or fourth event, <laughs> but now but now it's very consistent and you know we can come out to Red Acre and places that are you know lower populated just for the adventure of it. So you've been doing this since 1999, and I'm guessing over the course of the last 20 plus years, you've seen a hunger. <laughs> for this from the people who end up at the table they want to connect their food to where it's coming from and talk to the farmers and connect or or bridge that rural city divide even yeah it's 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 very powerful for for people that are not that are not connected to the farm and they don't don't know much about where their food comes from and to be in that environment is uh it's uh 
it's very meaningful and people want to do it again. And then we have then we have regulars that have been doing it for many, many years. They come and they see and they get to see the whole we get to see the United States, the country where they live, from the perspective of where their food comes from. And it's it's meaningful, you know. So they follow you. It's like a, it's like the dead, but it's it's the farm. Yeah, we call them, we call them field heads. Field heads. <laughs> there we go. I like that. Oh, it's so good. Uh, you know, I'm really looking forward. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be there down at the farm, and oh, cool. uh, looking forward to being there. Yeah. Looking forward to meeting you. Shake your hand. It's just great. It's great what you're doing, Jim. I love it. It's like we talk about farm to table on the show and we do an urban farm report. We're all about local and we're all about, you know, eating local and supporting local and knowing where your food comes from. And you've been doing this forever. I think it's great. What do you what plans do you have plans? I know you have some other events going on uh, coming up to you want to you want to mention those. Go ahead. Um, yeah, we're, we're heading out all the way across the country to the East coast and, and then all the way back. And we're kind of, we're following the better weather. You know, that's the idea <laughs> <laughs> that we get there, you know, you, you can't really be, um, in, in the South and until about October because it's, you know, it's too uncomfortable. And then in the Northeast, yeah, yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> of course, you know, maybe there's a hurricane coming up the coast or always keeps the weather man and me, you know, excited, but, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Take a look at our schedule, outstandingthefield.com, and there's all kinds of cool places all over the country you might want to come to. Well, Jim, thanks so much for giving us some time. Safe travels to Idaho and then Utah for Outstanding in the Field. We appreciate all you're doing. Wonderful. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. We'll see you next week. All right. Yeah. See you soon. That's Jim Denovan. Uh, it was great talking to him. It'll be great to meet him next week. I'm, I get to go down there and. And check it out. Um, Sky Olson is the band here with us. Uh, you guys have a gig coming up in Logan. You want to tell tell us where it's at? Where what's what's it all about? Yeah, so we're playing at Y Sound on August fifth in Logan. It's our headlining show. It's going to be an awesome time. Everyone should come out and uh, hang out with us. It'll be fun. Um, we've got a lot of stuff lined up that we're not ready to announce yet. Um, we'll definitely be coming back to Salt Lake City soon. But yeah, playing lots of shows. Next one is Band-Aid on a Battle Scar. Tell them where did this one come from, Sky? Where so, folks can get it, too. Yeah, so you can listen to all the music you've heard today on Spotify um, or at our shows if you want to come to one of our shows. But, yeah, this song was the song I actually came to promote last time I was here at KRCL. Yeah. Um, this, uh, it's, yeah, it's... It's sort of an anti-love song, I would say. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sky Olson with the full band right here, fresh and homegrown, KRCL 90.9 FM. Listen, my dear While I write a song You're never here And you disappear My heart won't even know That you were ever here When you change your mind And I knew it was for real This time you pretend that it's fine But all I hear is static on the other line Drifting far apart, you're crying in your car. Oh, I don't even know. 
drifting by my pole It's feeling so bizarre To be putting a band-aid on a battle scar You're putting a band-aid on a battle scar change your mind what a mess you left behind left to wonder why you're sitting wasting my time you said you were love what part of that was not enough yeah i know it got rough it's supposed to be the two of us the two of us still here I kind of think that it'll never clear the punk rock farmer i'm at the west valley farmers market every thursday five o'clock until dusk i'm here with mitch dumkey from three springs land and livestock what's fresh today mitch oh brother we got whole chickens livers oh what else we got livers hearts gizzards necks we got it all it's all fresh <laughs> just a week, all, week process all the parts of the chicken that's it baby. We're so using tell all me it. a little bit about the the process for these chickens Oh, well, they have a wonderful three-week life and a little brooder till they're warm enough to be able to go outside. Then they do five weeks outside on pastured grass. They get moved every day. We got a beautiful clover field that they spend their time on, high in protein. And uh, then after eight weeks, we honor their life by giving more life to people as food. So we process them in the field, package them, freeze them, and sell them at farmer's markets. 
Very fresh chicken right here at the farmer's market. Yes, sir. Grass fed. Yeehaw. Thanks, brother. You're welcome. So every Thursday, you're going to be here next Thursday, too? That's the plan. That's good. Mitch Dumkey, come and see him. Three Springs Land and Livestock, Centennial Park, Thursdays, 5 o'clock to dusk. KRCL, Salt Lake City.